but in uh, out just outside of um, jo- Joburg, Johannesburg, South Africa, is a mission, a, an orphanage, in uh, the city of Velkom, South Africa, and it was started by a couple from the church that uh, I pastored in Colorado, David and Sally Seafried. And the last time I heard David preach, he's with the Lord now, he preached from this text in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30, and I thought it would be a very appropriate, it comes to mind every once in a while, and and uh, this would be, I think, a, a neat thing to fill our minds with on this New Year's Day, and um, even even to let this sink deep within our hearts. So I'm going to mention one passage and then one story, okay, I can't hardly get away from a story, but... This is, a, this is an account of King David, um, and David and his men uh, returned to Ziklag, and the Amalekites, in their absence, had come in and destroyed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. And um, they captured all the women and ch- children and took them away. Um, God told David, David rushed to the Lord, uh, and uh, and asked what he should be doing, uh, what what can he do in retribution? And God encouraged him and commanded him literally to pursue um, the army and to get the women and children back. And so he did. And uh, he took um, six hundred. He took several hundred men, and they pursued. And when they got uh, toward the rescue, then they arrived at a brook called the the brook. Besor. And at that point, you may be really familiar with the story, 200 of the men were under intense fatigue and couldn't continue. So David basically told them to stay put. And we know from the account that he kind of left all of the, 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 the baggage with them, all of the supplies with them, so that the other 400 could pursue the enemy unhindered. And they went, um, verse 21 of First Samuel 30 says, uh, they went and, and then David, um, uh, David came near to the people. This is after they conquered the enemy and they came back to these 200 and he saluted them in verse 21. Now that's, that's kind of what caught my attention is because in Hebrew, that in the Hebrew culture, that would have meant, meant a, a favorable greeting as he saluted them. In other words, he was saying, even by his salute, he was saying, we did it. We conquered them. And the men that were the 400 fighting men knew what David was saying by his salute because they took offense at that. They were wondering, wait a minute, these 200, they didn't do the fighting. We did. And in verse 23, David um, said, the, the scripture says, then David said, you shall not do so, my brethren, with that which the Lord hath given us, and who hath preserved with us, and delivered the company that came against us into our hand. Verse 24, For who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as for his part, is that goeth down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff. They shall part alike. So in other words, the 200 that stayed and the 400 that went were considered one team. And they would then share in the victory as well as the spoils of the battle. Um, 
and as I as I heard David Seafried preach on this text, um, he just he just used the phrase "stay by the stuff," stay by the stuff, and uh, I think sometimes we may even look at those who are preaching or missionaries or assertive in evangelism as doing the real work. But according to this text, we who are staying by the stuff, if you will, the praying army, um, not that we're fatigued, but, uh, but the, those have been entrusted with the baggage, those have been entrusted with the praying, if you will, have as much reward in the harvest as those who are on the front line. And I would just like to encourage us that this is important business. This, uh, this is business of the Lord. This is aggressive business of the, war, of the Lord. This is the unseen business. Um, I, I found it very interesting in reading some of Spurgeon that he said, I would rather teach one man to pray than ten men to preach. Now, that's not a demeaning story about preachers, because if you know Spurgeon, he was the prince of preachers, but it is ind- indicative of, of the weight that Spurgeon placed on even praying. And then um, Andrew Murray was mentioned yesterday. Uh, Andrew Murray said this, the man who mobilizes the Christian church to pray will make the greatest contribution to world evangelization in history. So there is something very special about our praying. There's something very powerful about our praying staying by the stuff and uh, being part of the army and the aggression of the army. So maybe even think of this as we go into the new year. Um, as we as we grow in prayer, we're growing in strength, in staying by the stuff. If we grow in number, then those who are staying by the stuff are increasing and really fueling the advance of the gospel. And even putting the wind in the sails for those who would be, um, if you will, on the front line, even though God has called us to be on the front line as well. So, um, with with that, let me let me encourage uh, if you if you can mute your uh, make sure you're muted. Thank you. Um, with that, I think you would be encouraged as as uh, Stephen has commented often about the New York City prayer meeting, 1857 to 1859. Um, that started, the first day of that was in September and, uh, of 1857. And, um, and that reached around, I reached many places in the U.S. One of those places was Chicago. And a, a man from Kalamazoo, Michigan was in Chicago and took the burden of the revival back to Kalamazoo, Michigan with a prayer meeting. And he launched his own prayer meeting. And this is the record. So there's lots of records about things that, that were splinters off the New York City prayer meeting. This is one of them. And the record states this, the first meeting was packed. And to main, maintain order, the leader asked people to write their requests on slips of paper and pass them to the front where they would be read aloud. The first note read this, please pray for my husband's conversion. He is far from God and needs our prayers. Well, right after that, a lawyer stood up in the meeting and announced that that note must have been written by his wife, that he was far from God and the people, he encouraged the people to pray for his conversion. And then right after that, a blacksmith stood 
and said, no, that note was written by my wife and that I need to be converted. And right after that, another husband stood and in the course of five minutes, five husbands <laughs> accepted Jesus as Savior as a result of God's people praying, even as a result of um, a, a request that was mentioned. So um, I would encourage us to stay by the stuff and uh, we can pray for people that we know that are unbelieving and pray for those who are giving the gospel this year. Pray for ourselves as we give the gospel. 